You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. 1 Timothy chapter 4, and the last verse, verse 16, there's four words as we begin. The Bible says, let's read the first four words in 4.16 together. Ready, begin. Take heed unto thyself. Pay attention to yourself. My Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 11, that thou study to be quiet, that thou do thy own business, own work. What that means is historians tell us that's where the phrase, mind your own business. If you're not part of the solution or part of the problem, mind your own business. I would greatly encourage most people to stay off social media. I think, and I know we're on social media here in our radio and our our ministries, I know all that, and I think it can be used for good. But most of what I hear, I don't know how to do social media. But it's so negative and so opinionated, and most of it's not true. Why don't we study to do our own business? Mind your own business. Don't straighten out the other couple. Why don't you straighten out your marriage? Uh, Everyone, everyone seems to know more than their boss. It seems that you know more than your mother or dad. It seems that you know how to pastor a church better. This is the exception. This church is incredible. I'm speaking right now to literally hundreds and hundreds of pastors where they'd say right now, amen. Uh, So many people know how to pastor the church, but they don't know how to rule their own life. The Bible says here, take heed. I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on take heed. Pay attention to yourself. I'm going to pay attention. The word take heed is found 56 times in the Bible where God says, mind your own business. Take heed means to beware, to guard, put up a safety net. And consequently, you pay attention to yourself. You do your own business. It's amazing as we see that, first of all, I'm to take heed to myself, thyself, self. I'm to keep self straightened out. My attitude, my anger, my pride, my bitterness, my, my, my laziness, uh, whatever it might be in my, my opinions, just, just be quiet. You know, the older you get in life, people become one of two things. They become more opinionated. They have opinions on everything. They have, they have a, a two cents to add on everything, or they become very quiet. My dad was a very happy, outgoing man, but the older he got in life, and I'd call him when they moved away from here to live down by my sister, I'd call him, and he was always so excited. Hey, son, how you doing? We'd talk for a moment. My sister who's here would say the same thing. I'd talk for a moment. The next thing he'd say, and he, he, it just made his day when I called. Tried to call every day. He, just went, he was so fired up. Hey, hey, I'm glad to hear from you. Here's your mother. And that's true. That's the way it was. You know, I love talking to our kids. And I love all the pictures they send, and I love to, 
my son and his wife, our son and his son, they're celebrating today their fourth anniversary in their church in Arizona. They started four years ago today. And I love, I would text this morning, I love all that. But our family gets on these thread things. I don't do threads. It just drives me crazy because, Brother Jose, once you say one thing, you're in. And the next hour, I've got to, so the next hour, I just keep going, doop. I keep hearing, doop, doop, whatever the sound it makes. They're all talking. And after they're all done talking, I'll go back and look at it and then push that button and get rid of it all. Unless it's a picture, I save the picture. What a terrible father. I don't, so, I don't, I, I don't want to talk about the 49ers. I don't want to talk about COVID. I don't want to talk about uh, politics. I don't want to, I want I, I like being with them. Now, this is going over real big. Mind your own business. The Bible says, take heed that you be not deceived. Secondly, it says about myself, take heed, Jack, that you do not regard iniquity. Isn't it amazing? David mentions my sin and my iniquity. Uh, iniquity is lawlessness. It's all about myself. Yes, it's sin. But he distinguishes between sin and iniquity. It's an attitude. It's the spirit of complaint. It's the spirit of bitterness. It's the spirit of antagonism. It's the spirit of attacking. God says, Jack, take heed, regard not iniquity. God's word says in Mark chapter 4 to the individual, take heed what you hear. Elementary kids, we sing, oh, be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little ears what you hear. You watch it this week, I'll watch it this week. What we hear, what we hear comes into our heart and then we begin to ponder what we've heard. And if it's all negative and all depressing and all discouraging and all hopeless and all helpless and there's not, nothing in sight we can do, if it's all, if it's just overwhelming negativity, guess what we'll be? For out of the abundance of the heart, the heart is located in the brain. It's a third part of the brain. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I tell you what, woman, I don't know why you're such a rebellious. And then later, I don't know why I said that. Yes, because you already thought it. When you attack your wife, it's not just the spur of the moment. That seed has been planted. When you attack your husband, that seed has been planted. When you attack your parents or your children or some other Christian, that seed was planted. And how careful we, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. God's word said, I'm to beware that I fear not. There are 365 fear nots in the Bible, one for every day of the year. Perhaps we ought to live our lives where we're not all anxiety, all fear. He given his, he, he, he gives peace and calm to the child of God. Peace I leave unto you. My peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Oh, friend, today, stop. Monday through Saturday, living in fear and anxiety and frustration and hopelessness, and there's no hope, and there'd be a great place to say amen, amen, amen. If I do my own amen, it takes 20 minutes longer, so we'll get out of here sooner. In other words, don't become overwhelmed with life. Take heed to yourself. I'm so discouraged with myself at times myself because 
It's amazing I can see faults in others. And I know what they should do. God doesn't want me to look at others. He wants me to look inside. Let a man examine himself. Before you leave your room, here I left my room this morning, I think to pray. I, I began to try to do my best early in the dark of the morning to walk with God this morning. It's an amazing thing. Until I come to the page of maybe the backslidden people I'm praying for. It's an amazing thing. All that long portion of the morning, I never thought about how bad you people are and how you need to get right. But I spent a lot of time with God about myself. Even as I was praying, sitting here listening to that long last song, because he lives, the Holy Spirit of God pointed out something to me right here sitting right here just a few moments ago and I bowed my head and I prayed. I said, there's something I didn't confess. Lord, I didn't get it right. How can you use me if I'm not right there? Child of God, did you take time for yourself? You look back this week, what words have you said? What thoughts have you had? What conversations have you had? Have you, what, what deeds of kindness did you miss this week? What words of discouragement did you, uh, uh, did you, the Holy Spirit of God, last week, I was talking to a young lady in our church and her husband, I just love that couple and they have beautiful children. And several years ago, I said, I'd never do this again. I'd never talk to somebody about, well, the Spirit of God just convicted me. Don't ever, we, we were married almost seven years. We never had a child. Now we have three and they're all, but, but I said, I'm never gonna talk to, why, why don't you have a baby? I never do that, I never have done that. But I said, I, I was thinking because this couple has had such beautiful children. And she was sitting there, standing there with her mother. Her dad was nearby and her husband was just right over here. And I began to talk to her. And I said, uh, uh, we, uh, and I, I was sort of teasing her, joking with her about having another baby. And I got thinking, that is so out of bounds. I had to go to the next service with her husband. I said, I never meant that to be like, you're wrong. Please forgive me. It's not my business. And it was not rude and it was not, it was not inappropriate necessarily, but it wasn't right. Does the Spirit of God ever tell you, don't say that and then you say it? I wish I could say I'm perfect at this. I'm not. You're probably better than I am. But so often, it happens every day. I want to say something. Not gossip, nothing wrong, nothing that, that, that it could not be repeated. But it seems like, I, because the Spirit of God lives within us, He'll convict us. He'll, he'll, he'll tell you no. While my flesh is saying yes. Well, you know why they're out of church, don't you? You know why they're not going to church. We need to pray for them. Wait, wait, wait. I don't need to say that. And I'll tell you what, I know the Spirit of God said, you, you don't need to tell them that. In a week's time, I, I, I learn of so many disappointing things with people that they're going through. I don't tell anybody. 
It's not my job to be a spreader of information. And so often I'll be ready to say something. It may not be sinful or wrong or just, but I have no business saying it. And the Spirit of God will say, don't say it. And I try to always listen. And then I try to go back and think of another way. Maybe I can say this. And the Spirit of God, and I will promise you this, without fail, I try every time when he says no, I try to listen because I don't need to say it. Take heed to yourself. Mind your own business. Check your own life. What's wrong? I mean, right now, if your wife or your husband found your computer and what's on it or your, or your texting or where your sites have been or kids, uh, if your parents saw it, and now we have these ghost accounts, well, you can shield it. But God knows. And you know. Take heed to yourself. I think of how often there's two lives being led. A, a life that's the Christian life looking right, and then the other life that's not even Christian-like at all. And consequently, we have not taken heed to ourselves. I see secondly tonight, not only taking heed to yourself, for the sake of time, if you'll just register the last book of the Old Testament is Malachi chapter 2. And God is speaking to through Malachi, and he says, take heed to your spirit. I'm to take heed to myself. Self. I'm to take heed to my spirit. I know you're like this. I know these men on this platform and the preachers are out preaching in our auditorium, other auditoriums today are this way. And I know you are this way. I want to guard my spirit. What is the spirit? Not the Holy Spirit. It's a small letter S. When it says take heed to your spirit, small letter, it's your prevailing attitude. Is your prevailing attitude chief rain cloud? Is it, is it you find the fault in everything? It's hopelessness in everything. And I think we all do. If we're not careful. Pastor Cooper just mentioned Brother Paul. And right now, Paul would be down here in this, and he would be amen at almost everything I'm saying today. He'd be smiling. He would find me after church, and even when I preach what I think is a terrible message, and I just didn't have it, and, and he'll come and say, wow, did I need that today? He'll never say that. <laughs> it's like the preacher. You heard me say it before. He had this lady in the church, and every time he'd preach, he'd preach, she'd pre he'd preach and she'd say at the door, wow, they needed that today. Wow, they needed that today. That was a great message, Pat. They needed that today. One day there was a snowstorm, and no one came but that woman. He said, well, we're going to have church today. Let's stand together and sing together. He had the scripture, had the offering, had it all. He said, God led me today to speak on this subject. Some of you are sitting here today and you think it's always the next guy that needs the message. I'm talking today to you. You need the message. No one came forward. He went to the door and said, I'll meet you at that door. She came. She goes, wow, did they miss that message. They really needed that one. <laughs> Problem with something like that, you probably got that punchline like 45 minutes ago, but I still like telling it. Take heed to your spirit. Guard your spirit. 
We'll buy into that. There's no hope. There was a, there was a man. The Great Depression came and people are losing houses and losing jobs and in food lines and no hope. He said, I think I'm going to I'm going to figure out what I can do to make money. And he said, I think people, and you know where this is going real quickly. He said, people still would like to buy a house. And people would still like to buy hotels. And people would still like to buy a park place. And be an old railroad. And he created a game called Monopoly. Still a bestseller to this day. Because people, when they were losing everything, could still buy a house on the Monopoly board. You're going to have to guard your spirit. You know of the restaurant years ago when it was, so, such, it was so very difficult on the East Coast and all throughout the nation. And a boy figured out, I'm going to go and catch some fish in the ocean and then I'm going to walk it back. And he walked all the way across town and he had a plank. He just had a plank. And he put the fish on the plank, fresh, fresh fish just caught today in the ocean. And he found out they wanted that fresh fish just on a plank of wood. And then he got a couple planks of wood. And then he figured out how to get a wheelbarrow. And he went and got a wheelbarrow and he put those fish that he caught and he brought it back across town. And then he got several wheelbarrows and hired boys to carry the, the fish with them across town. And you know, there's a leading restaurant that's still in business today. It's a fish, a fish uh, market, a fish uh, uh, restaurant uh, on the East Coast that was established because a boy said, I'm not going to sit at home and mope and, and depress and be downhearted. I, I want to I do something with my life. We're told there are 11 million jobs available, excuse me, uh, 11 million jobs available and 8 million people looking for work in America. What country has that kind of numbers? But they're saying that because people are now accustomed to getting their $300, $300, $300 through COVID, they don't have to go to work. If you stay home, we'll pay you not to go to work, that people don't want to work. Well, I'll tell you what, you're looking at some guys up here that want to work. And I'm looking at a church that wants to work. And God can still bless us in a day like today when it seems so hopeless. I'm preaching. I told my, 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 my students in my class, I prepared earlier, about two years ago, prepared it again, a message. I, I can't wait to preach what, what all the things in the Bible what seems so hopeless that God always sent an answer. When it seemed like the Philistines were going to win over the Israelites, God sent a boy, a youth, with a little stone. God delivered the, the Philistines when God had to shake the mulberry trees, when God allowed the lepers to go to town because the Syrians, they, they heard something, they ran out, they're going to be attacked. But it was just God. I know we're living in 2021. I, I know all about who's in office. But I know who's in a higher office today. And I know that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. You can do what you want. I never came to this point in my life until the last few months. But I have delivered the names and I pray daily from the highest office down to the local office. I have delivered them over to God. And I said, God, I want to see him saved. But you're going to have to remove him as you see fit. I'd like you to remove them all on the same day. So we'd have to say, wow, God did this from sea to shining sea. You can take that, you can debate it all you want. 
you can be against it, but this is the last place that Sebastian gets missionaries around the world to preach the gospel. America. Last place, place that has freedom. You may want to roll over in bed and say, well, I don't believe that. Well, then don't. I'm going to guard my spirit. I'm going to let God take control. Daniel had an excellent spirit. Caleb had another spirit. David had a renewed spirit. The Proverbs says that he had a ruled spirit. God's people in 1 Corinthians had a refreshed spirit. Elisha wanted a double portion of the spirit of Elisha. Thirdly, and I'm done. I'm going to take heed, number one, to what's the first letter S? To myself. Secondly, I'm to take heed to my spirit. Thirdly, I'm to take heed to my, my stewardship. Why would I put that in there? Because we're two weeks away from stewardship and missions, missions conference. The Bible says in Luke 12, beware of covetousness. Take heed that you beware of covetousness. Of the 56 times he mentions to beware, one is regarding this subject of stewardship. We've had normally in the past every January stewardship month and then a booster with the missions conference in October. I would preach every Sunday morning for four Sundays or five Sundays, regardless what the, regarding whatever the calendar, five Sundays or four, on the subject of stewardship. You know those years, for 25 years straight, I preached on stewardship in January. We had more adults saved and get right with, and join the church than any other month. Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What is stewardship? I'm a steward. Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. I'm a steward. A steward is one who manages the property, the valuables, the possessions of another. God has checked this body out to me. He gave me life. I'm not to defile this body. I'm not to destroy this body. I need to be careful. I'm not going to put alcohol in this body. I'm not going to put tobacco in this body. I'm not putting drugs in my body. I have to be careful because one day I'm going to check it back to God. I'm going to die and this body belongs to God. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. I'm a steward of this body. I try, not always successful, try to guard my diet, try to guard my weight, try to guard as much as possible sleeping, try to guard that, that I work hard and I stay active. Why? God's given me life. I don't want to lay around and rest and wait. And, and I'm going to one day, the Bible says, Hebrews, I'm going to rest and worship for all eternity. It's not resting time. And so stewardship, I'm to take care of, be careful of my covetousness. This is the model church when it comes to giving. Know the church, and I know the nation. I've preached the nation for 40-some years. Know the church, know the people have given like this church has. But it's so easy to get wrapped up in the affairs of this life. God's word says, lay not, Matthew 6, lay out for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where 
thieves break through and steal and destroy, but lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. For where a man's treasure is, there shall his heart be also. I'll close my Bible to show you that. I'll try to finish it up. When I traveled those many years, and I'd always get a newspaper, and sometimes the Wall Street Journal was there, and they had the stock market, and I'd get on a plane and just open up all those little numbers and periodically act like I was reading the numbers on the Wall Street just for like two, three minutes. Wanted to act like I was intelligent. I have no idea how to read Wall Street. And it's not wrong if your investment is there. That's between you and God. But don't have investment there. We don't have a portfolio where we have houses and lands and cabins. And I'm not saying you can't own those things. You have to figure that out. And you're free if any time you needed to want to look at the giving record of your pastor and wife, I, I guess you want to call the business office. We won't probably have a problem with that. We have laid our treasure up in heaven. And you know what? Because of you, God's taking care of us. Amen. You've been so good to us. But I don't want to preach to others and become a castaway that you need to tithe and you need to give and you need to sacrifice. We've been married this December 49 years. We were both tithing and giving before. But we determined that we would never let a Sunday go by without giving to worldwide missions. And it was before we were married, but in the 49 years of our marriage, we've never missed tithing. We've never missed missions. We've never missed an opportunity to give to the Christian school or to bricks or the college or the next generation. We've never, we've never missed it. Why I say that? Not, not to our, our investment has been set ahead. We're not paupers. We're not poor. But can I tell you something? I have to take heed because you work jobs and you tithe and you pay us. I have to make sure that I'm not wasting your investment. I'm going to have to pay attention to myself. I'm going to have to pay attention to my spirit. I'm to have to pay attention to my stewardship. Do you know you're not just a steward of money? You're a steward of your children. Your children, Psalmist says, they don't belong to you. They're a heritage of the Lord. God owns your children. And we're grateful all three of our kids and their mates are all serving God full time today. It's his grace. It's his goodness. Yes. I'm grateful all 14 of our grandkids went to Sunday school this morning. That's God's goodness. I, I need to take, a, take inventory of me. I need to pay attention to me. I need to mind my business. Take heed. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. 
May God bless you as you serve Him this week.